right. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the stars of the reality TV show, Comic Book Men. All right, now for the only semi-informed uh, on this, Michael, would you introduce yourself, please? And we'll check you, Mike, on that. Check, check. Michael's on red. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Michael Zapsik of AMC's Comic Book Man. And Ming? How you doing, everybody? My name is Ming, and uh, I get made fun of a lot. Shut up, Ming. I'm Brian, and I make fun of Ming a lot. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to get a line of questions here. First off, um, how long have you guys been working or managing the store before this show even came about? Uh, the show is about to enter its third season, so woo, thank you. Uh, before this, uh, actually, I'm celebrating my 13th year at the stash this year. Uh, Ming, you've been with Kevin for 17 years. Yes, I have. And Brian, you were the original manager of the Secret Stash when it was, um, after Kevin bought Comicology and turned it into Jay and Silent Pop Secret Stash. Were you not? I was, Michael. <laughs> you were at one time the manager, and now you, you stopped working there and forgot to go home. I stopped working. Oh, is that Altogether. <laughs> All right. You retired. And, oh, so you retired but kept showing up for work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to do. It was, I was going to either do that or be a Walmart reader. And at least this way I get to make fun of Ming all day. <laughs> all right, now, um, one of the uh, uh, components of the show is that people walk in the door and they bring you their treasures to be appraised and dealt with. All right, yet it's a TV show. So I know there's only so much reality in a reality TV show. For starters, there's lighting. It's not like you don't know you're being filmed. Right? You can they do an excellent job of never catching the camera guy. I never, you never see him at, at all, yet he's got to be around somewhere. He is. All right. When they come okay. through the door, do you have any idea what's coming through before that camera rolls? Or do they surprise you? They do. They surprise us. Liar! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're, um... <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Um, no, we have no idea what's coming through the doors. So all the haggling that uh, Walt and I do, and Ming sometimes, if we're feeling drunk that day, um, <laughs> that is 100% real. The banter, everything, 100% real. They do have a casting department that, um, that gets the stuff to come in, but we have no clue what's, what's coming in. Somebody else is forewarned to make certain you're getting good and interesting stuff. Absolutely. Exactly. And, uh, you two can be on there. Uh, there's a website set up now at comicbookmencasting.com. Get on the show. Can you bring up the orange mic a little bit more for Ming and actually take the red down just a scooch? All right. Very good. Well, uh, good, because I, I wanted to stop by, because, you know, I still have a mint condition in the bag, first edition, Silverhawks. <laughs> you, you can keep that, Frank. Thank you so much. It actually, for those of you out there, it went down in price over the years. <laughs> I think it's now worth 37 cents instead of 40. All right, you guys got ready? 
Bonjour, gentlemen. Bonjour, how are you? I'm fine. How's everything here? I, I love this kind of... I love Miami. It's fantastic. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, <laughs> what an ass kisser, man. <laughs> okay. Question. Um, how does Walt Flanagan feel when um, clerks, fans, you know, come into the store, come into your store and ask for his autograph or photos? Well, go on. You Man, guys are come there. On. Come on, Mike. All right, great. So uh, how does he feel? Uh, he is very happy to take pictures with people, sign anything that they throw in front of him. But when you leave the store, that's when the... No, I'm only kidding. Uh, yeah. he, he loves having people in the store. It means they're spending money. And if you don't spend money, that's, that's the key to Walt Flanagan's heart is through his wallet. Hey guys, how you doing? Howdy. Uh, Listen to the first episode of Why Bry, and Brian mentioned that you had some tro- problems with the producers. Have you wrapped all those issues up? No more uh, slipping in lines. No more like feeding you jokes. No more harassment. Um, no. Well, Kevin wrapped it up last season when he fired him towards the end. <laughs> so yeah, we won't have to deal with it this year. Th- this year's production team uh, is the same as the first season. And even the first season, we had a, our, our first showrunner got fired within two days. And then the next guy lasted about a week. He sort of filled in. And then we have this guy, Brian Nichelle, who, like, gets it. Like, he gets the humor of the show. He, and the, the guy, he, the reason he wasn't there last season was because he was committed to something else. So we got these other three ass clowns who came in, and they were going to make the show theirs. And, like, they open up with, like, it's going to be ten times better than last year, which means that they thought it sucked. You know, so um, and but they hadn't watched any episodes unless I'm mistaken. Yes, right? it was odd. No, they never watched. They any didn't the want their season. vision tainted by the. Listen, I don't know how they were measuring ten times better, but good riddance. And so their premise for this ten times better was they were going to put less reality in your reality show. No, what they wanted to do was make us uh, Pawn Stars Junior, mm-hmm. and they were going to do the OTF. And Brian, what did you say that? Um, Every time they got someone in front of the camera, it's like, well, why are you bringing this comic book in today? Yeah, it's like, the same answer every time. You know, like, it's I need OTF, the fucking money. which are on-the-fly interviews, and that's like when they do the little, like, we substitute the on-the-fly interviews with the podcast. Like, we talk about the people, we talk about the product that came in or whatever, instead of putting a camera on the person and saying, well, why did you bring this in? To which the answer is inevitably like, well, I want money, asshole. Like, of course, <laughs> that's why I brought it in. Like, why else would you? See, that's the part of the show that I really enjoyed for the reality of the show. Um, you guys all know me from hosting this up here, but I actually have a comic book store too. And I will tell you that just like them, after you bring us your comic books and you leave, we talk about you. We do. It's exactly right. That is the most real reality show I've ever watched. Well, that's slightly different because we talk about them while they're actually standing right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why save it for later on? It doesn't make any sense. What's the time difference between seeing someone in the store and then the podcast? I mean, are you remembering yesterday or are you remembering last month? It depends. It depends on when we had done the transaction. But we, we do all the, the podcasting uh, in a couple of days. You know, we, we split it up over, what, two months? Yeah, about two and a half yeah. months. And usually the podcast will podcast uh, maybe two weeks after. About two week, two week uh, difference. 
Would you guys be interested in making a comic book man movie? I got a plot. You go to Comic-Con. Road trip. How can you have a reality movie? I don't know. Just write a script. What are you something. talking about? From from uh, was right, it yeah, a, from that. from Kelly to Justin or whatever that American <laughs> Idol movie, right? Yeah, because everybody should do a road trip movie yeah. at some time. From Ming to Mike, Mike and Ming are in Acapulco. Right, <laughs> right. The road to Comic Con <laughs> and the rest writes itself. Yeah. All right. All right. Two things, uh, Brian. How's your knee doing after uh, after the surgery? Uh, it took a little bit, but it's doing a lot better. Okay, yeah, and, it's uh, doing well. And second, uh, your Ming voice brings me untold oh, joy on Tell Him Steve, Dave. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, just how long have you been doing that uh, to Ming? What Ming voice are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I guess it started in uh, when we worked. I used to, like, after I stopped running the stash, I started um, doing, like, all the online stuff for Kevin. So that was when Ming and I worked in the same office. You know, I would do the merchandising, and he worked on the website. So I'm sure he annoyed me one day, and... The Ming voice came out and... And it never left. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep up the good work with telling Steve Dave I love it every week. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. You're bringing people joy, dude. With that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're obscenely racist for And we're going to give you yet a third more direct cue. Can you do the Ming voice for oh, us now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bunch wow. of racists in this place, Come man. On. Oh, how you guys like I sell comics. I so starved for attention because my mother didn't love me. <laughs> it's so hard to tell the two of you apart. I know, right? I know, right? It's so accurate. It's not funny. Hi. Hi. Um, do you guys actually go to people's houses and buy the comic books? We go to people's houses, but we don't buy comic books. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you get a lot of calls, little, though. Little B&E, so, you know. Uh, you remember any good calls? Uh, we have gone to people's houses. We have picked up comic books uh, from them. But it's, it's very few and very far between. The one luxury of Comic Book Men is that it'll, it allows us to be really picky in what we buy. So I'm not going to go to somebody's house who has, um, say, 3,000 copies of, you know, The, the Return of Superman. Not going to happen. So, Do you also find that if someone is not willing to bring the merch to you, they kind of already know that's not that great? Yeah, for the most part. They're not motivated sellers. Yeah. When you go out to them, they're like, ah, I just wanted to know what it was worth. I thought I'd waste your time today. Pretty much. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> She's awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brian, why do you make fun of me? I mean, that, that answers itself, right? I mean, look at this guy, wouldn't you? He, he, he begs for it. The stupid stuff he says, the stupid way he acts. You, you just trust me. If you if you were around him, you would you would make fun of him as well. It's yeah, a, you have been watching this panel, right? It's a compulsion that you just you you cannot ignore. Yeah. And and the reverse question, Ming, why do you let him get away with it? Why do I let him get away, get away? Look at the guy making fun of me. Just look at him. Like I, I can take care from this guy. The guy lives in his mom's basement. The drug addict. I haven't lived in her basement. He's 450 pounds. Come on. Come on. It's, I, I think I can take it. And yet I'm still cooler than Ming. Like somehow. <laughs> it is an interesting dynamic that they treat you like the new guy, 
And you've been there what? Twelve years? Seventeen? Uh, Sixteen? Years? But yeah, I am the, I, in in that world. Yeah, I'm I'm still the new guy. Yeah, he's the little after, brother. Not no. much staff change over there at the no, staff. Not at all. Not at no. all. <laughs> that goes to show you it's a good place to work, I guess. Uh, it is. <laughs> Four hundred fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. Hi. Um, I hope you're enjoying the con. And uh, my question is specifically, uh, since you guys work in a comic book store that specializes like like more like. Americana comics like Marvel and DC and things like that. When you go to conventions, especially Ming, I know you get so excited about going to cons and things like that. Like when you start seeing a lot of like anime characters, Japanese characters, Homestucks, and things like that. I know, right? <laughs> so, like, you know, what do you feel about like this new generation that's also being raised on like kind of an idea of like foreign comics and foreign cartoons and things like that? Oh, uh, I, I, I think it's great. Getting... What do you the guy's from about? Ohio. What does he know about being foreign? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, actually, you're right. Yeah, I was born. I was born in suburb of Cleveland. Um, people always come up to me. He's like, "Man, where were you born? Taiwan, Japan, China?" I was like, "No, I was born in Euclid, Ohio." And they get this really disappointing look on their face. Uh, the anime and manga stuff, uh, I, I kind of fell into in high school, and I've been out of it. Uh, so my kids have been kind of into it. Um, I think I think it's great that the uh, the Asian cultures are spreading here to America. And you know, one day when the Chinese take over the U.S. and all other countries. And uh, you know they only spare us Asian people, and people read manga and can speak the language. You guys will be uh, you guys will be in a good place. They're never going to recognize you as one of them. <laughs> yes, never. never, never. He thinks he's going to be like an ambassador or something, but no, not going to happen. I'm, being, I'm getting spared, man. Get ready. <laughs> Get ready. They're rolling right over you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Brian, my question is directed towards you. Um, where's that investigative journalism you're always talking about? Where is it? Uh, we're going to be doing some investigating uh, journalism very soon. Uh, making hay three. Um, like three people know what that means. Uh, we did. A, we do a podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave. Me, Walt, and our other friend Brian Quinn, who's on Impractical Jokers. And twice so far, we've gone to the Collinswood auction. And uh, I mean, it's not really investigating so much as just asking people stuff. Like making um, fun of them? Yeah, teasing them. And, I mean, the same stuff we do in the store, except we go out in the field to do it. Um, uh, but this time, that we're not going to go back to the auction. We're going to go to a, a different uh, setting in which I'm going to be able to uh, interview junkie carnies. That's going to be great. Yeah. I remember from the first one, you said how it was a slight faux pas. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, when How many I, carnies did you have to go through before you found a junkie carny? One. <laughs> when, when Kevin and I worked in Quick Stop, uh, there, there was a fair that would uh, set up like about two blocks away. And we noticed that there were two um, hard, fast rules about carnies. One, they have track marks all over their arms, man. They're, they've got drug issues. The other is they love frozen hamburgers that you can microwave. Like, we would go through cases and cases of these things. I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know where they developed the taste for them, but love them. And they're, I don't know. To me, that's interesting, man, that sort of, like, you're trusting these guys to put together rides that your kids are going to be on in two minutes, you know? I personally have a policy. I never go on a ride from a company that's not big enough to sue. Mm-hmm. Like, Disney, Disney's afraid to get sued. There's a safety engineer there. But the traveling carnival that came down the... No. Way more interesting to talk to, though, I bet. The traveling carnies? Then what was your most Disney? interesting traveling carny story? 
Uh, I mean, I don't really have any. I'm not a traveling carny. I, I aspire to be one. I hope someday I can be. But well, no, that's I you're... meant guy with track marks wandered into your store and this happened. Uh, I mean, that was over 20 years ago. I don't really remember. But I mean, you, the stories those guys must have. I can't. I can't that's wait to it, hear yeah. it. I can't wait to hear it. Making hay three. You'll you'll hear all their stories. Again, it's really great that you guys are doing what you're doing, and I love your podcasts. Oh, thanks, Thank man. you. He wasn't man. talking to you. Uh. <laughs> hey, guys. So I noticed in season two that you guys changed the counter. Was there any reason behind that? Like the area where you put the counter for... Uh, yeah, there was a reason for that. Uh, the counter up front, it, it sucked light from outside, so it made shots really, really bad, really, really bright. So we went into the, the dankness of the store and used the natural, um, natural darkness there. So we lit uh, in, the, in the center of the store, and uh, it, it's just a lot more photogenic, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, a little more room to move back there, all four of us. Hey, guys, just want to say hi. Uh, it's, it's an honor to meet you. Um, I, I just have one question. Um, what inspired your run on Swamp Thing, Mr. Moore? Sit down. <laughs> I, I love you. <laughs> Brian says sit down. I snatched the mic. He waited in line for that. <laughs> Seriously, Brian's embarrassed for both of you, all right? Oh, my God, he's going out of the... Uh, bye. He's like, I'm going over to Takei's uh, Q&A. You guys suck. Out of everything that was brought in the stash, what is your favorite? Every, the whole kit and caboodle, all the, the cool stuff that came in. I'm still a huge fan of the $6 million man doll. I think uh, guy brought, if you watch his show, Guy brought in a giant Millennium Falcon. Uh, it was the one that, yeah, I saw that he used to hang in uh, Toys R Us stores around 1997 when the Power of the Force line came out. And uh, I was collecting back then. used to see it up on the ceiling and wanted to own that one day. And uh, it's, it's at the store now. It's not really mine, but... Ming lives in it. <laughs> it cut it open, yeah. I pretend to fly in it. It's awesome. I love that thing. You got a favorite? Uh, not really. There was one girl that came in season two that I liked, but... <laughs> <laughs> Walt didn't buy her for him. Uh, what's up, Bright Mike? How you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hey, Ming. Hey, um, how you doing? So I, I have a really great wife for our anniversary this year. She got me what is my holy grail of comics, which was Flash number 123. So Ooh. I was wondering what uh, each of your, like, the holy grail, with that one that you needed to get, what that was. Uh, Brian, how about we start with you? Because comic book questions. I don't care about me. any of that crap. You can I just talk we... to these guys. <laughs> if my girlfriend bought me a comic for, for our anniversary, I'd break up with her. <laughs> Well, I mean, there was something later that night, too. So Okay. Break Stop up. bragging, man. There's little kids here. It was dinner. <laughs> okay. You have a Holy Grail? Um, before, you had Holy Grails. I've, I've owned Holy Grails, and uh, I'm not going to bring these people down. Come on. <laughs> uh, actually, if I, if I were able to own something, it would probably be Avengers number four. Yeah, it's a good one. Why that one? Because First it's the appearance the, of Captain America in the Silver Age. Uh, no, second, but oh, you're close. I, I, I stand corrected. Good man. Bing? Uh, 
I, I mean, I'll take any big, huge key issue. These days, uh, my collection, I, I, I got married, I had to dwindle some of it. Now the great thing is having, working at the store, I can read comics and put them back. Treat it <laughs> kind of like a comics candy store. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't have to waste space on my own. don't have to spend money. It's great. So that's now anytime we see a comic at the stash that's got a little mark on it, we know it's because you uh, read pretty it. Pretty much. I, my hands sweat a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if that raises or decreases. Yeah, Chen DNA. Just what you want in your comic. Yes, Perfect. exactly. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Better than an autograph. Um, I wanted to ask, if Cryptozoic Man, is it only going to be sold in the stash? No, it's going to be... Cryptozoic Man's going to be... Um, Solicited through Diamond. I, I think the first issue comes out in September. So, you know, you'll be able to get it wherever, I suppose. Uh, can I ask something kind of specific about Vulgar? Ooh. Sure. Uh, why did you cut out the scene at the end where the police confirm that the case is closed? Uh, the movie Vulgar, which I wrote and directed a long time ago. Why did we cut the scene where... Where he's reading the newspaper and it says the police think the okay. case is closed. Okay. Um, I don't know. How does it end? <laughs> I, 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 I haven't watched it in so long. I don't remember. It, end, it ends kind of in ambiguous. I had a drug problem, dude. Get off my back. My mind is shot. scenes. <laughs> All right, so he's found a scene in the deleted scene. Oh, the deleted scene. That's why he knows it exists. So I guess his question is, what was the reasoning behind that scene ending up on the cutting room floor? Uh, how does it end now? I really honestly don't remember. The reason I ask is it, it ends ambiguous, ambiguously or whatever, and um, I was wondering if you wanted to kind of leave it open whether Vulgar could still be tracked down by the police or not. Yeah, that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Remember? Is this your dream job, and if you could, would you be doing this the rest of your life? You're talking to me? All three of yeah. You mean going to cons and hanging out on a stage? Well, actually, you know, we're going we're gonna to ask about all three, okay? Because you go to cons, you work in the store, and now you're TV stars. So which of those three? We're on TV. Okay. <laughs> Not TV. For that stars. half hour, you're a star. That's what, I don't understand it. It's like if you're on a reality show, they're like, oh, they're a reality star. If you're in porno, it's like, oh, you're a porn star. But if you're in movies, you're just an actor, right? Unless you're like up there. Mean like a movie star? I don't think you should necessarily yeah, like, attach star to it. <laughs> Especially with these two. Is this your dream job, though? Is this something you... I mean, this... Uh, I, don't, I don't know about dream jobs. This isn't something I, like, worked years for and inspired toward. But it is... It's, God damn, is it fun, though. It's fun. Yeah, I mean... I don't think I could craft a better job for myself than sitting around with my friends, shooting the shit, and getting paid for it. Um, so... I mean, uh, thank God I don't have to work regular hours like retail because that would totally ruin it. But the other part's pretty good, yeah. Dream job, though? I don't know. I always wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't your think that's going to happen for me. Your dream job is no job yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't think yeah, winning so this the kind lottery of sucks, is a job. <laughs> uh, for me, this... I. I've already had a real job. I had a real career separate from being a comic book guy. Which was? Uh, I, I, I was a chef. Uh, I worked in restaurants for a very long time, for almost 14 <laughs> years. Yeah, I got one guy who's clapping, the other yeah. people like shaking their heads going, that guy touched my food. Um, <laughs> touched and a couple other things, folks. Um, no, I swear to God I didn't. But, you know, you're working 15 hours a day. Uh, you get out at 4 o'clock in the morning. There's... 
limited things you could do. Um, you know, I it it kind of sucked. It, it kind of sucked the life out of me. And uh, so when this came up, it was perfect for me. So I am actually living the dream right now. Uh, this is my dream job. Being a chef sucked. Being comic book man, good. Right on. Be like Mike, everybody. So, so you would be okay, uh, all three of you, basically, doing this for the rest of your life nope. as long as you could? No. I don't really like being on TV that much. You know, so, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I would want to do this for the next 20 years, right? I mean, can you imagine, like, comic book men last longer than The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> That would be kind of horrible, sitting, yeah. like three octogenarians sitting up here talking about, oh, something came into the stash today. I had oatmeal for breakfast. <laughs> That's pretty much what you get out of me. Yeah, why not, though? What Although would... I, do, I do believe at 75, I'll still be doing the Ming voice. I don't think that'll change. <laughs> exactly. Why not? What would yeah. really change besides our appearances? I don't know. You could have an item come in the store that's 40 years old, but you sold it to the guy in the first place. Right. <laughs> oh, I remember when you bought this. No refunds. <laughs> all right. My question is for all three of you. Uh, what is your favorite Kevin Smith movie and why? I guess we'll start with me. Um, my first Kevin Smith movie, uh, I didn't see Clerks. And, uh, no, I mean, I have seen Clerks since. I hadn't seen Clerks, and I saw Mallrats first. Um, and I just, it, it spoke to me because of all the comic book references. And, you know, back in the 90s, we didn't have a lot of that. And I was, um, I was a really big fan from the get-go. And we used to shop in the same comic book shop. It was Comicsology, And um, the guy, the original Steve Dave... Uh, was an awful human being who would follow you around. And I swear to God, the store was no bigger than the bathroom over there. But he, he was like right over your shoulder watching what you were picking up. And um, he smelled like purple. I yeah, can't put it any better than that. He wore a lot of purple. It, it was a strange fashion choice where he would wear like a like purple sweatpants and purple sweatshirt. Yeah, like a like a grape or grimace or yes, some shit. You know, or the Joker. He looked mix like the and Joker? match. They no, didn't, didn't look match. Like a Joker. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, but he kept telling me, "Oh, you've got to watch this movie that one of my clientele has uh, directed and written." He sounded exactly like the comic book guy, swear to God. From The Simpsons? From The Simpsons, yeah. Not the comic book man. There's a big difference. Right. The guy, man. Um, There'll be a sequel, Comic Book Boy. Yes. But uh, I didn't see it because he kept telling me how good it was. I'm like, this guy's an ass. He doesn't know anything, so. But I saw Mallrats, and I didn't know Kevin had done it, so. Huge fan of it, and then I went back and watched Clerks. And uh, oddly enough, he was right. It, it was really good. <laughs> Uh, Clerks will definitely be my always my favorite. I was working in a video store when I first heard about it. When the movie first came in, I, and I watched it. And uh, that's the one I always relate most to. Uh, Chasing Amy is a close second, only because of one line. There's a line in there that said, uh, all the bitches and sluts went to Middletown North. That's where my, that's where my wife went to school. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me it would be Clerks too. Not Clerks too, Clerks as well. Uh, simply because, you know... 
it's it was very reflective of the time that Kevin and I spent there. You know, it's like he he captured the uh, the tone and the the mood of of everything. Hi guys, how you doing? How are you? When Stan Lee came to the store, were there any questions you weren't able to ask? No. I mean, I hate to tell you, but no, I didn't have any. Uh, he answered every question we had. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that was how great it was. No matter how stupid he answered it, and I had a lot, I had a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> yeah, you did. I asked him for his social security number and banking information. He wouldn't answer that. So. <laughs> really gave them to me. <laughs> Hey guys, Brian Quinn on season three. Any? Unlikely. Brian Quinn, uh, a third of uh, Tell Him Steve Dave is on a show called Impractical Jokers on True TV. And uh, they're pretty clear, uh, True TV, that they he's not allowed. uh, Yeah, don't want him on, but sneak him in in the back. I remember you guys mentioning uh, Tell Him Steve Dave's shirt maybe in the crowd. We, uh, we, We tried to do it first season and he got cut out. Um, oh really? So you guys mm-hmm. actually snuck? We gave it a shot. Oh, the yeah. fucks! Yeah. Oh, no. Always trying, but uh, yeah, they seem very adamant about not having him anywhere, which stinks. We love him. How did you come to be friends with him? Uh, Quinn Quinn was a fan of Kevin's, and I guess he was like maybe he was young. He was like twenty, twenty-one, somewhere around there, and he had gone to a, a mall that wouldn't carry the Mallrats book, uh, a bookstore in the mall that wouldn't carry the Mallrats book. So he took a tape recorder and recorded himself. Hey, no high-fiving. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Homestuck, you, hey, Homestuck, you guys got to chill down here. We're picking you up on the microphones. Yeah, chill, Homestart. Um, <laughs> so he went into the store with, uh, with a tape recorder and gave the clerk there a bunch of crap and screaming at him, calling him names and that kind of stuff. And then he sent the tape to Kevin, who, of course, liked it, and uh, gave him a job as an intern at Askew. He would, like, just, uh, well, what do you call that? Like, uh, uh, yeah, an intern, intern yeah, I guess you call it. grabbing coffee, yeah, that kind of stuff. lunches, making copies. Yeah, and then he, uh, then he started to, before I took the website over, he started, you know, mailing out merchandise when Kevin first got his online presence. So yeah, that's how we came to know Q. So he wasn't a firefighter at the time during that. Oh no, he didn't become a firefighter until like a, over a decade later, right? Yeah, he's had all kinds of weird jobs, hasn't he? He was a toll collector at one point. Yeah, um, he worked in a toll booth, and his favorite moment was, I guess, Jennifer Connelly went through, and <laughs> he said she was really pretty. <laughs> uh, Marvel is coming out with a lot of new movies lately, and after the Avengers, they have a lot of money. So, which new projects are you most excited about to see and come to the screen? What project from Marvel are they most excited to see, movie-wise, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would have to say that Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Hey, we even got one of these uh, home people down here. All right, yeah. Woo! Uh, I'm looking forward to Avengers 2. Heard uh, Robert Downey Jr. is back. He's signed on for. He's signed in. He's in. So can't wait to see that one. And I don't. Do you have an opinion? No, I don't care. No. Okay. <laughs> Brian doesn't care. Do you go out and watch comic book movies? Do you, do you Iron? Did you see Iron Man? No. Nah. Man of Steel. No nah. interest at all. I don't really go to the movies. It's too expensive. The movies generally suck. And I don't know. I find TV to be better these days. Like it used to be, you wanted to go to the theater to see movies because they were superior. 
to TV in terms of quality, but you have so many series now that are, are so well done, so well written and, and, and produced uh, that, I don't know, I would rather sit there and burn through a season of Breaking Bad or Battlestar Galactic or something, you know, than, than go to a theater and spend, you know. Like, the, the tickets are, are, I think the other day I did go see something recently, tickets were 18 bucks and you got popcorn and soda for, for you and whomever, and it's like $29. Where were you going? It was eighteen bucks. Sony. That's not. That's like nine dollars a ticket, right? Nine dollars. I thought you meant each. I thought you meant each. Like, oh, oh my god, god, I'm on a panel with my father now. I know. <laughs> fucking doddering old. Is there fool. a party that? Are you? Is there a party that doesn't go to the see these movies because everybody else is? Nah, I don't care about that. Now, not that rebellious, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> but now, when you're talking about. Television, what about our comic books on television, like Arrow or Smallville or... Nah. No, it didn't impress you. <laughs> nah. All right, but I'm going to make a third attempt to get an answer out of Brian. Um, in your time at the store, what have you noticed has changed about the comic book business? How is the store different now from the beginning? What? Uh, it seems to me like maybe the... Um the industry's become a little bit more streamlined because like when, in the the 90s into even the late 90s like there were a lot of titles coming out uh, a lot of stuff being produced and it seems that with the advent of like you know iPads and all that stuff stuff you can read digitally maybe not as many people are going and buying the uh, the hard copies and uh, I guess after what was it like the late 80s into the early 90s companies just like that was the heyday really for the for the industry right so so they they just weren't making the money that they were making. So comp, like comp, just companies went under like chaos. Like when I first started working at the stash, Evil Ernie was big, and and chaos was selling a lot of titles. But just in time, I guess you know the new generation. There's there's just so much more now. Like when we were young, it's like you had like three or four things to do. Now it's you know iPad or Game Boy or Xbox or TV or movies. It's like there's so many different forms of media just trying to grab your attention or. For, Texting, you know, just people sit there and text. What's with that? I have a, a twofold question uh, for each of you. For anything that's come into the store, whether it's a new product from Diamond or, or something that you picked up from a, a person, was there ever an item where you said, oh, this is going to be awesome. We need 100 copies of this. And for reasons you can't explain, it just didn't fly. And then, of course, the reverse is you're like, well, who's ever going to buy this? And then it flew off the shelves. Which surprise, what product or title or book surprised you the most at its higher low sales? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, there was, oh, my God. Uh, I'm trying to think back. Uh, DC, the Silver Age, they put out a, um, one of those fifth week books that um, it, it harkened back to the Silver Age of DC Comics and... They had Golden Age or Silver Age creators on them again. And uh, I thought that was going to be a lot bigger than it was, but the quality wasn't really there. So uh, people picked up on that and said, uh, I don't want it. So we were stuck with a lot of those. Uh, the one that I think surprised the hell out of me, how fast it flew off the shelves, was um, Civil War. Yeah. You didn't have high hopes for that, and then all of a sudden it just... No, I, you know what? I, I, I thought, um, you know, Mark Miller had, had run his course. I'm like, all right, he's, he's done. But uh, I was wrong. Ming? 
I don't know if I... I think you answered that. I don't have an answer. For that. I, Same. I, Mike's got all the numbers. I think the, the thing about Mike and Walt, they, uh, they're, they, it's almost like picking fantasy football. They were very good at predicting what will and won't sell, and they order the numbers to exact so they don't have any, any overhead, any waste. Uh, uh, they're, they're making money. They're great at making money that way, and um, it's almost like they're spot on. So, uh, Walt's almost like a Jimmy the Greek of comic books. He can, uh, he's got his lock of the week. That's, the week that's and, true. And uh, you guys are pretty good. That's a big lock. Walter's going to need an ass-cheek replacement. This dude smooches his butt so much. It's yeah, you wouldn't think man. that somebody could kiss so much ass I know. from like 1,200 miles away, right? So practiced. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Especially since you've been doing this longer. What surprised me? Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that people buy comics at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like... Um, See something like Walking Dead. That was that wasn't a huge run in the beginning, right? Did I, did that sell fast? I mean, I remember it was a small print run. The first uh, very small print run. What is Homestart? Yeah. Can you just tell me what Homestart is, real fast? It's a web comic. Oh, it's a web comic. Yep. Home what? Yes. Home stuff. Stuck. They are stuck home at home. Stuck. Home stuck. All right. Not home stuff or home stammer. Not just home stuck. And it's a stuck. web comic. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Um, but you know and, and I like the fact Actually, that you guys you know all scooched down again. That was I changed nice my mind. Homestuck surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. It did. I didn't right. think it'd be this big. I didn't think it'd be this big either. Yes, it was amazing. Since I heard about it uh, 45 seconds ago. Right. You know, what, you know what? Actually, thinking back, you know what was a big surprise was uh, the Pokemon cards. The Pokemon card craze of like, um, God, I guess it was the late 90s, right? That that was big. Uh, where... On an average day, you would get 30 calls, 35 calls. Move it along, Homestuck. Come on now. Hopefully, we'll find the end of the line. Go on. Let's see. Oh, wow. That line goes all the way out there. Oh, well. Um, So we were in the rare event that you could get a case of or a box of. Thank you so much. All right, now you must realize there's. <laughs> um, in the rare event that you could get Pokemon cards, we could sell them for eight or nine dollars for a pack. Walt went to um, KB Toys one time looking for because we would buy them from KB and then resell them at the store. And Walt went to KB once looking for them and overheard um, one of the stock people tell another person that was working there that the cards would be in later that afternoon. And that they were going to save them for their friend, Mark. So Walt waited until... You don't have to walk on your knees, sweetie. <laughs> Walt waited until the shipment came in, quickly got there, said that he was Mark, <laughs> and bought an entire case of Pokemon cards. St- stole his identity, I guess, in a way, right? Yeah, I mean, Walt's pulled a lot of uh, yeah. tricks to... Uh... Yeah, it looks like we found the end of the line. Woohoo! Nice. Uh, we all got to get along at the con. Different fans mm-hmm. of different things. Um, is it okay if I have if I can ask three questions? Yes, because the line's short. Thank you, God. All right. Um, one. What do you think of web comics like Homestuck? And <laughs> and what do you think of Homestuck and Homestuck fans? Hold on, hold on. I did you not? Were you not listening when they said they didn't know what it was before forty-five seconds ago? Yeah. 
I think that was his joke, right? <laughs> I, uh, I wish I would have invented it. it. Looks like this Homestuck guy's cleaning up. What is it? What is Homestuck? It's a web comic, but what do you like? Why are they lined up to meet some of the I person mean, who created it? it? The other yeah, the artist. Oh, okay. And why is someone I don't know if it was like, like a playing thing or, or something? The last couple of conventions, the kids have been dressing up and dressing up, and we noticed it was popular. And so I said, "Well, we, we've got to get this guy. We've got to find out why so many kids dress up like him." And it took off. Right. It's on my to-do list to actually read it. Uh, Next year, you're going to be in that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll be all, I'll look great with blue and the candy corn horns. Thank you. So what's the biggest craze that you guys have been able to milk at the store? I remember you mentioning um, in previous podcasts the Star Wars figures. Was that like the biggest like boom in the uh, comic book industry of Walt uh, sneaking to other stores? and? I think it was methamphetamine. <laughs> um yeah, that was real. There big was a for big a while. boom for a while. Walt was cooking it up in the basement <laughs> with the homeless guy, right? Yeah, yeah. his friend in the trailer. Um, I, I, th- I think that the thing, again, the thing that they milked the most while I was there were the Pokemon cards. Yeah, wasn't there a period? Uh, I don't know if this was a craze, but you guys were selling bootleg videotapes uh, at yeah. the store. No, <laughs> we didn't do that. Somebody else was selling bootlegs. The the Man. South Park. Um, Spirit of Christmas, when that, that their little greeting card thing came out, somehow one got sent to Kevin's office, and it was like it was like a five minute little video, and uh, we booted it up, and I wouldn't be surprised if we sold like a thousand copies of it. We sold it for ten bucks, little five minute video, because you know back then obviously the internet wasn't popular, people didn't know how to download stuff, so. That might have been it. Good right, yeah. He's just walking videos. away. You don't want to know videos. about the other one. We also had Marvel Legends. Marvel Legends were huge. Yeah. Marvel, we, Walt would send us out. Uh, Sunday, Jeff and I would go out on uh, scouting runs. And I even got a job at a Target doing overnight packing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, this man is Machiavellian. A dedicated man, Mike. Explain to the crowd what Marvel Legends was. Marvel Legends were these, uh, what, six and three-quarter inch... Um, action figures and the sculpts were superior in every way to uh, Toy Biz who were the leaders in um, action figure especially for Marvel and Marvel came out with Marvel Legends and we couldn't keep them on the shelves and what Walt would do would be to send us and now here's the genius he noticed that Toys R Us would just have their own little label that said Marvel Legends on it and didn't differentiate from any of the, the characters. So for any one of them that were in there, and the dogs would go back. It's... it's, it's um, I saw that kind of genius in the paper the other day where the person got arrested for felony theft and uh, <laughs> yes, you know, for but, switching UPCs and stuff. You know? No, we didn't switch UPCs because they never... Uh, they did finally catch on, which uh, kind of, you know... Broke the uh, the kingpin's spirit there, and um, but yeah, we uh, we we made a bundle off of Marvel Legends. You were you were buying them retail from Target. We buy retail, and then we would return the ones that wouldn't sell. So and you were able to mark up the others in the store, of course, because Target would have to run out. Target right? actually, Target had them. Toys R Us had them, and they had the Chase figures, which were they were the the short packed. One per case or one per six cases. So you get that translucent vision, which you could mark up to, you know, $85. Because there's always someone who's going to pay for it. 
right. Don't try it at home, folks. Don't try that at home. Have you found the reverse problem that Diamond or Alliance has you ordering? Because you have to plan ahead two, three months to bring in these figures, and it's a $25 figure, and the exact same thing is at Walmart for 9 bucks a week before you? Yeah, that's, that's a killer. That's why um, we, we pretty much eschew the action figure market these days. We stick with comic books. Really? Now, where do you see that? Because it's odd because we're doing the opposite. We always say you can't download merch. How do you feel about paper books five, ten years from now in the iPad world? I, in the iPad world? You know what? Technology is always going to fail us. So, <laughs> boom. There's, there's going to be a shortage of that Guardians of the Galaxy number four in print. When technology fails, people are looking for batteries and flashlights and shit, not comic books. <laughs> <laughs> but gonna bust yeah, but later on they'll be looking for comic. comic books, and that's when they come to us. You think they'll always sell print regardless of it being... Absolutely. That's why newspapers haven't gone under yet. Uh, I have a question for Brian. Did you enjoy the rave last night? Did I enjoy the rape? <laughs> rave. The, the rave. Oh, the, the rave. rave. The rave. I was like, I thought we were keeping that between us. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I sit there and I'm like, I, I wish that, the, that I had whatever these people have inside them, like the ability to enjoy life, I guess it would be called. <laughs> Because they're having such a good time, like wearing glow-in-the-dark necklaces and spinning shit around. And I mean, I, I don't know if is ecstasy still popular. Is that what you, you take ecstasy when you go to a rave? Or all you what? Molly's is the new Molly's. Oh, that's the oh Molly's. Okay, that's what you were taking, Molly. <laughs> She's like ten. Do, do you have any extra? <laughs> if you is anyone holding? Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah, you don't look I mean, like a narco or anything, Frank. No, not. Just yeah. the hairstyle makes me look like a cop. Yeah. Basically, I just stood on the outskirts wondering what it was like to feel like a real human being. And then I left. <laughs> yeah, this question's for Brian. Since you've been a great director, you ever thought about directing uh, a black comedy? A black comedy? It's interesting you should bring that up because I do have some African-American blood in my... Yeah, my... Uh, I think it was like my great, great, great aunt married a black dude, so I know our struggle, brother. I know it, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I talked about this yesterday in the, the Tell Em Steve Dave Q&A. Uh, when I did Vulgar, we got into the uh, Toronto Film Fest, and at the same time, Requiem for a Dream was there. Um, what's his name's movie? Uh, oh. Uh, Darren, uh, what the fuck's his name? What's that? Arnofsky. Yeah, Arnofsky. yeah. And uh, I saw that, and then I put it side by side, vulgar, and I was like, who do I think I am? Like, this dude's a fucking genius. This movie is awesome, you know? Um, I, I just, I don't, like, I did it because Kevin was like, hey, you want to make a movie? And being an arrogant dick, of course I was like, sure, why not, you know? As opposed to, like, really respecting the, uh, the medium. Uh, so I, I think I would much rather just write, you know, not really try to uh, do something I, I genuinely don't feel I'm qualified to do, you know? <laughs> you screwed it up, dude. You didn't have any ass-to-ass -ass in your movie. If we had had ass-to-ass, -ass, I believe <laughs> you messed it up. I would be uh, an A-lister in Hollywood right now. Uh, I was wondering, since you guys are comic book men and this is uh, con... What superpower would you pick if you could pick one? This is all three of you guys. 
Start in the middle, Ming. Mine? Uh, I... I always wanted to fly. I always wanted to fly. You don't have to worry about travel tickets, all that, all that crap. Uh, but invisibility is a close second. And do I have to say why? I mean, yeah, I think we know. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah. You got some mollies for me. Make them fly. No. All right. Uh, I'd want telekinesis. I, I think it's uh, pretty cool because you can fly with it. You can do a, a, a crap load of other things with it. I think I think I would take like uh, say Green Arrow's power so I could shoot these two douchebags out of the sky as they flew around. <laughs> how you doing, guys? Well, doing? seeing as how everything's starting to become digital, not from a business standpoint, but how do you guys personally feel about it? Do you condone it? Are you with it? Like especially like comic books and everything like that, being able to just download it now instead of actual buying a physical copy of it. I'm. Uh, I don't do it. I know that this guy does because he's a traitor, uh, <laughs> a traitor to everything that I stand for. Not a traitor. You know what? I I believe in you know having. Uh, that I remember being a kid and, and walking into somebody's house and you're like, I smell comic books. You know? <laughs> yeah. The three old guys in the back are laughing. Uh, it, it's what oh, would happen. Comics. That's Grandpa slowly rotting to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sometimes I was wrong, but. Um, I, I just love having a comic book in my hand. It it just takes me back. So, do do I think that digital is here to stay? Sure, until technology fails us. So, um, and I don't think that it's ever going to go out of style to have the actual you know print comic. Yeah, I'm not a trader. I, I mean, can you imagine? Yes, you are. Can you imagine wanting a song in this day and age and having to go to the record store? And going there, and they might not even have it. You work no across work. the street from a record store. I know, maybe. but it's like, you know, midnight. There's no record store open for another 10 hours. Can you imagine going, having to go to the store and buying it and taking it home instead of you just pressing You went 38 years without that song. All of a sudden, you need it in that moment. You can't wait another fucking you, couple yeah, hours? I don't like to wait. That's the point. Wow. I want my book now. I want my music now. And that's where it comes in. That's where it's great. Yeah, I sort of agree with you. It, it, it's uh, it's I have a very like impulsive type personality, so like if I want something in that moment, the the instant gratification, yeah, it's nice to to be able to do it. Hey guys, howdy. Uh, I got a question. Uh, most rare, com- expensive combo books are not really the best combo because like Superman, the first issue is not like the greatest. Like it's not, it's not Watchmen. What is the most overrated, expensive combo you ever read from a story's perspective? Not from a collector's perspective. Uh, I think if you read uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, you read the first appearance of Spider-Man. He's it's 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 not that great. He's a uh, he seems uh, Peter Parker is really whiny, and uh, I I don't know. What do you think? I think you're really whiny. <laughs> I'm, all right, what? Yeah, all it's right. just it, it, well. But he starts I, I think answering point, so though. noncommittally. Bell's halfway through. He's like, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Save me. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, I I think he's actually kind of right because uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 is worth what 42 billion dollars now. Is that the the going rate? Uh, it's it's up there, but uh, it's you're only getting eight pages of an origin story, so think about that. You're getting uh, another two stories in there, but you know, pound for pound, you're you're just paying for that eight pages. Hi guys. Hi. Howdy. Hi. Uh, so. For each one of you, what is your most memorable crazy moment of Muse? Hmm. Go ahead, Brian. I mean, crazy? 
It's not really crazy, but I, some of our most memorable, my most memorable moments with Muse are when uh, we first started hanging around with them. Uh, Kevin, Walter, and I, we would go to comic book shows, and the first time we we brought them, uh, Kevin didn't want them to go because Kevin was. He was like, hey, who's this new guy? Like, none of us are very welcoming to outside people. We're, like, so super tight. Um, but Walt was like, you know, he's pretty funny. And I and I knew Muse's older brother. So I was like, yeah, he's okay. And we went to a comic book show. And for the next, you know, like, went to the, to the show. And then on the way back for the next two hours, we just relentlessly pummeled him and mocked him about how he was, you know, giving sexual favors for comics to this disfigured comic book seller that happened to be at the con. And uh, looking back, it is kind of weird that uh, three adult males uh, took a 14-year-old kid across state lines and then went on to berate him for his sexuality for two straight hours. Um, but th- those, th- those are some of the best memories I have with him, though. It was so goddamn funny. <laughs> okay. You have a good news story? I actually do. Uh, before I was working at the, uh, the comic shop, I was a reservist and I remember coming in one of my very, one of the very first times and he was behind the counter and I didn't know that, uh, Jay had a drug problem and he's, he asked me to watch the store for like five minutes and, uh, I, I put in my first full shift at Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. You weren't even on the books. I wasn't even on the books. I mean, I'm still waiting for him to pay me back. So I'm not. I, 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 <laughs> nah, I don't think it's happening. All right. So you take one character from book, movie, or television. What character or series would you absolutely boot stomp into obscurity and its fan base? Just absolutely hate. Homestuck. It. <laughs> That's a good one. I get it. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? How you doing? Good, man. How, you, how about yourself? How are you liking here in Florida? Love it. That's good. I just have one question to ask. Now, for you guys and Kevin Smith, and I know another cast member not here right now, but if you guys had to fight to the death, and I mean fight to the death, and you only could pick one weapon from any universe of comic book universe, what would it be for each of you? Are we fighting each other to the yes. death? Each other. No teammates, nothing. So it's each other to the death. I mean, I guess I would pick a gun from this universe, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> A comic book, like Marvel or DC. No, it's weird. Universe. We get that question a lot. It's like fighting to the death. We're all fighting each other to the yeah. death all the yeah. time, yeah. And, uh, I, mean, I like, think we would all get along. We would, um, we would probably just, kill we you. We would embrace polygamy. Ming uh, would be our wife. True. <laughs> I-, I think it's obvious that Brian would not kill Ming because that would be too merciful. You yeah. just keep injuring him every day. Right. Slowly, uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you're slowly killing Death me now. a thousand knives, <laughs> thousand cuts. Hey, guys. Um, Ming? Yes. Did Jay ever pay you back? No, he did not. <laughs> That's what I figured. Jay doesn't pay anybody back. You know, you'll meet people from like 10 years ago. He'll, he used to bump just $5 from each person and get kind of a big nut that way. And, uh, yeah, he, it's, it's not happening. So I got to be at cons like this, selling my soul, <laughs> and uh, to get that money back. So uh, come meet us at uh, booth eight thirty nine. I need uh, my money back. All right, SuperCon, a big round of applause for the comic book men. Booth eight thirty nine. Check it out. See him on over there. Power to the people. Down with Whitey. <laughs>
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.